right. It's March 1st. I'm here with Brandon uh, coming off a tough L in our adult league. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, tough loss today. Um, happy to be here, but we got to get ready for our game tomorrow. That's all yeah. I can say. So we're going to move past our adult league game. I know you guys are super interested in hearing all about that, but talk about some NBA stuff. Uh, like I said, it's been a while, so we got a bunch of topics. So let's start with uh, the race for the two seed in the Western Conference. So I would say it's between four teams, right? So you got the Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz. Yep. Um, I believe that's the order currently as well. Got it. Um, but so just right off the bat, if you had to pick right now, uh, like gun to your head, who do you think is getting the two seed in the West when it's all said and done? It's got to be the Clippers. Okay. <clears throat> um, for me, there's not too much doubt in my mind for that one. Um, it's an inter- interesting race for sure. I mean, the Clippers, again, like at full strength, Everyone's starting to see their true potential. Mm-hmm. Question is, can they all stay healthy? If they all can stay healthy, then I think they have like a pretty good chance at locking in the second seed or potentially even fighting for the first, depending on how the Lakers uh, hang out through the rest of the season. I mean, Denver, we all know, is just such a question mark, unknown commodity at this point. A lot of young guys mm-hmm. built around Jokic. Jokic can obviously ball, but Jokic still hasn't really changed and like turned that corner yet to the point where we all know, like, okay, like they're a lock for the second seed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm giving it to Kawhi, PG, and the rest of the crew for Clippers. Um, look at the Rockets. That's an interesting team right now. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna talk about the Jazz for mm-hmm. just so we can like spend more time on the Rockets. But the Jazz are really interesting. I mean, they've they went on that one hot streak. What they mm-hmm. went like 13 games in a row or something. Yeah. And then they just started slumping super hard. I mean, Clarkson was a great addition for them. But it's like Mike Conley. He came back. They didn't know what to do with him, like threw him in the starting lineup, took him out of the starting lineup, put Ingles in the starting lineup, took him out of the lineup, uh, Royce O'Neal in the lineup, out of the lineup. It's like they really haven't found their true identity yet. The one constant has been, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, like those guys are the anchors, but what is their real identity around those two guys, you know? Um, So I don't know, that really kind of knocks them out of the race for the second seed for me, and they're already kind of slumping down at the fifth seed. They're literally just a half a game ahead of the OKC Thunder and, like, one game ahead of uh, Dallas. So, I mean, they're really kind of bottoming out at this point. You Mm -hmm. can kind of see that the Rockets are starting to build, like, a divide in between them. But the Rockets, man, like, what do you think of their play? Like, this small ball offense, it's just it's crazy. I've never seen – obviously, I don't think anyone's ever seen anything like it before. But uh, it's working. That's the thing. Like, like I want to say – in the playoffs, it won't work. But mm-hmm. for right now, like it's working, and they've beaten good teams. That's the other thing. It's not like they're beating up on like the Warriors and the Suns and teams like that. It's like they beat they beat the Jazz. They lost to the Jazz by one. Beat the Lakers. Beat the Celtics. Like it it works, and I think it's just because mainly Westbrook. Like yeah, he's like the best center in the league right now because he's technically the center on those teams. Dude, um, he's he's tough, man. I mean, mm-hmm. when he goes downhill. It's just crazy how open these guys get. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to collapse the defense on him. Same thing with James Harden. <clears throat> like, you have the two guys that are best at collapsing defenses, you know, next to, like, Giannis, LeBron, yeah. on the same team, on the same court at some points in the game. You know, they spread out their minutes, stagger them well enough so that there's at least one of the two on the court mm-hmm. at all times. And, I mean, you got the perfect guys put around him as well. I mean, Eric Gordon hasn't even been playing well. Right. That's crazy to think about. Once he starts playing well, like, oh, my goodness. He's, like, their X factor because there's – Big time. Like, when, when they were – you know, the last two seasons, like, coming close to beating the Warriors. Yeah. Eric Gordon was a huge part of it. He's, he was, like, he's almost putting guy. up, like, he's almost putting up, like, 20 a game, you Yeah, know, um, on, like, pretty good shooting splits. Mm-hmm. And right now, like, he probably isn't even putting up, like, 10 or 15 a game. Like, he's been pretty rough. He's yeah. been injured. Um, but, you mean, you got great additions. Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did they have? Uh, Damari Carroll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, random. But, yeah, like, he, he fits the mold. Mm-hmm. Um, Covington's been. Covington has been, been playing great, yeah. out of his mind. P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. Austin Rivers, like, all these guys just, like, it's literally so simple. It's like, swing the ball, shoot the open three when it's mm-hmm. open. Don't overthink it. If yeah. there's a lane, drive it. Yep. Kick it again. Yep, that's all. That's really all it is. Like, <laughs> I feel like they don't even have plays, really. It's just oh, Russ, motion, Russ yeah. James, like, get by your guy because that's going to happen. And then pass to somebody. And then when you get when you catch it, just shoot it. Like, yeah, don't think, like you said. But, yeah, it does look like the Jazz are probably, I, I mean, I think they're out of the race for the two seed at this point, like, Three and a half games back, and they yeah they just it, it's weird because Mike Conley, I thought like and a lot of people thought that was a huge pickup for them, but they were bad when he you know when he was there at the beginning of the season. Then they had that run when he was out, and now they're slumping again. Like it seems like it's I don't know if it's a coincidence that it happens when he you know returns to the lineup, but. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at the teams where um, Mike Conley was kind of that dominant point guard on the grindhouse like mm-hmm. Grizzlies. 
there wasn't really ever like a second secondary primary ball handler was there i mean there never was like a two guard that was a superstar next to him or like a a small forward i mean rudy yeah. rudy gay was there for a period of time like way back in the day mm-hmm. i can't think of somebody else that was like a second fiddle at the two guard it was like it was Tony a dominant Allen. yeah but he's yeah. not really yeah right like a shot creator the ball. so i don't know this leads me to think that conley like just needs to be able to run an offense to look like mike conley mm-hmm. and with donovan mitchell there like that's just not going to be the case yeah can you play off the ball like i don't know i, don't I know thought he'd be game. able to because like he can hit spot up threes but it hasn't really been working yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, again, everyone thought on paper, like everyone was saying, like, man, they're stacked. But mm-hmm. again, like, I just don't know if that works out for them. Because I think they went on that run without Mike Conley. Yeah, it was when he was injured. And uh, Yeah, I'm wondering if there's like a plus minus for him, like on and off the court for the season. But something would tell me that it's not, oh, yeah. not going to be impressive. So Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, even if they end up staying at the five seed or even dropping to the six seed, that's still a dangerous team in the playoffs. Like, oh, yeah. Like they'll give they've given the Clippers problems um, when they've played this year, like in the regular season, and then. I mean, I I think it's, that's difficult. Yeah, no, because the Rockets, Rockets could be the third seed. Mm-hmm. Um, if the if the Nuggets are the third seed, I really think the Jazz could give. Them I was a I was gonna say, would you be surprised at all if the Nuggets were the third seed, Jazz six seed, and the Jazz won? I wouldn't be games? honestly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the just, Nuggets are just such a question mark to mm-hmm. me. I think I think what it is is. That all these teams have, you know, one superstar, but really it's who's your second guy. You know, like, obviously the Lakers, their second guy is LeBron or AD on any given night. Clippers, obviously we know who their guys are. Yep. The Rockets have their two guys. The, even the Jazz, like, Gobert and Mitchell. Yep. The Nuggets, it's Jokic, and then, like, it could be Jamal Murray, but he's, like, he's pretty flaky, I think. Uh, yeah, he hasn't really hit that point yet in his mm-hmm. career where you like know what he's gonna be like on every a night, night. night out basis. I really think they need like a, a Michael Porter Jr. or someone to like really step up and yeah. be that that true second option. Kind of like what we're seeing with Boston, where mm-hmm. you see like Tatum starting to like step up and be that next like big guy on the team. Like I think Jokic is great as a number one guy. It's difficult mm-hmm. though. I don't even know if he can be a number one guy on a championship team. Like right now. If you have a center as the number one guy, I don't know if you can win a ring, to be honest with you, in this yeah. league. Yeah, yeah. That's why you would need, like, a, a another playmaker, which is <clears throat> what Jamal Murray, you know, should, in theory yeah. should be. But yeah. that's why Bradley Beal is just, like, a, that's an interesting destination for him because that seems like the perfect pairing. Uh, but And like you said about Michael Porter, like, maybe it's just not going to happen this season because he looks like he's going to be a stud. But yep. he doesn't... I don't know if the coach like just doesn't trust him yet still because he doesn't get he's not playing that much you know like here's yeah. his last last five games nineteen minutes nine minutes twenty two minutes ten minutes eight minutes yeah something tells me they're bringing him on slowly at this mm-hmm. point um, <clears throat> I guess there isn't too much of a need to push him they do have some time on their hands um, but it's interesting you know they traded away Malik Beasley who I thought you know had a lot of potential was mm-hmm. a great shot creator but they have too many guys I mean Gary Harris still there. Um, what's their backup point guard's name? Oh, Monte Morris. Monte Morris, yeah. like one of the most efficient guards in the league. Like, it's Will Barton. Ratio is crazy. Will Barton. But see, they have, it's like they have too many solid guys, but not exactly. enough like, really good guys. And that's they have so many assets they mm-hmm. can trade away. That's I, why they're yeah. they're the two seed. Like, that, yeah. and that's what they're going to be every regular season. They're going to be super good, but it's it's more like in the playoffs we've seen that that doesn't really work. It's kind of like I don't know if. I don't know if you could say like it's what the Blazers have ran into in the past, where it's like they're all solid, you know, like Harkless and uh, uh, who's the other one, Aminu. Like they're yep. solid guys, but then the playoffs come and it just, you know, Dame and McCollum aren't enough to overcome, you know, like the Warriors or the Rockets or teams like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the the structure of their team. I just don't think it's enough. I mean, mm-hmm. Paul Millsap, like he's locked in at so much money. He's kind of jaded at this point. Yeah, we can he, all he, see it. He might be. He might be washed. washed yeah. yeah, Jeremy Grant is solid, but again, he's not gonna. Be, he's just a, a decent player, like we've said before. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, times are changing in the league. Um, Jokic definitely is the guy that can you know get you to this point, but mm-hmm. it's just where do we go from there in the playoffs? Like when when he has all the attention on him, what's gonna happen? Yeah, so, we'll see. So you want to see if like. Can the Nuggets be patient? Because they shouldn't be in a hurry. Like they're all those guys are young. You yeah, know? their window is right there. To be honest, only yeah. guy that's old is Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only and, but, guy. But then it is hard, like, to be patient when you know it seems like because of like all the coverage of the NBA, it seems like it's do or die. Every you know yeah. every game is do or die. But 
the Nuggets are, again, this is why the West is so interesting because, like, two through seven, really, like, besides maybe the Clippers, like, it's all, there could be a ton of upsets, basically, is what I'm trying to say, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I'm the Nuggets GM, though, the question that I just ask myself, is it worth, like, packaging, like, a, a Gary Harris and maybe even Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. or Gary Harris, Bo Bowl, draft pick, something, just, we, they have so many enticing assets. Is it worth, like, throwing a package out there for, mm-hmm. you know, perennial all-star like type player on a team that you know doesn't necessarily need him like i even saw some guys were targeting like zach levine for example like do you go out and get a guy that can like really be a shot creator on your Mm -hmm. team do you go get um i don't know i'm just like spitballing right now there's some names out there you could go and grab beal Um, Beal, yeah Yeah. beal for example he's just like on a team putting Mm -hmm. up numbers him Um, just him with Jokic just seems like i think they're the same age too i think they're both like 25 26 so Mm -hmm. That's like a pairing that, you know, in two years when Kawhi, Paul George are a little older, LeBron's still averaging 25, but he's like 40 basically. That could be like one of the best duos in the league. But then do you keep Murray? That's the thing. Because he's getting, didn't they just, they gave him a pretty fat extension, right? Gave him a fat extension, but he's he's still so young. I think he's Mm -hmm. only like 22 or 23. So I mean, he's nowhere near a finished product himself. Um, I mean, if you could keep him and Jokic. You can still bring in like a third guy. That's mm-hmm. how much talent they have on their yeah. team. Um, so I mean, I don't know if I'm their GM. I I'm entertaining some offers on the mm-hmm. table if it makes sense. You know, like again, they're not in a rush necessarily. No need to like go out and get like a 30 year old star or mm-hmm. something like that. Definitely get someone that fits your timeline, like a Beal. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth at least trying because right now they're kind of just going to be in this, you know, middle middle ground for a while. Like good good enough to be at the top of the conference, but not good enough to compete. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I think it is the Clippers who end up getting it, just because they're they're just way too talented. Like, it's just weird, honestly, for them to even be in the like it to be a conversation that they aren't the two seed. Yeah. You know, I mean, to be honest, like they they have the most talented roster in the NBA. And I don't really NBA, think anyone yeah. can question that from mm-hmm. top to bottom. Like their team is so good that they can overcome playing really bad to win. Like today, for example, yeah. against the Sixers, they played terrible mm-hmm. on defense, dude. They gave up like they forty points, yeah, in the first quarter, like seventy at the half, one thirty total. But like mm-hmm. that's how like dynamic their offense is. They had like yeah. four guys drop twenty four points plus like on the team. Yep. Um, and other guys that were just like putting up like ten points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, they're just it's scary, man. <laughs> and yeah. any guy can go off on any given night. Yeah, and now I think. Now that they know, like, oh, we have to actually start playing to secure this two seed. Like, we saw what they did to the Nuggets this past Friday. Sure. Where it was never even a game. Yep. Um, and it's not like, like, Jokic had a good game. It was just nobody else could do anything because that's what the Clippers can do to you. Like, when they're actually trying, you can't, like, if you're a guard on a team in the West, like, it sucks to play the Clippers because you're like, Oh, if Kawhi's not guarding me, Paul George is. Or if Paul George isn't guarding me, Patrick Beverly is. Like, did, yeah, did you see what they did to John Morant? No. Do they just shut him down, to be honest with you? Like, they threw so many different guys at him, built walls around him. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was really tough for him. You know, they can just wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Like, they have at least five guys they can throw at him. Live bodies, like, great yeah. defenders. Um, a lot of guys get in the passing lanes. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I think the number one seed is just going to be a function of health at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, if the Lakers can stay healthy, I think they have a great chance at maintaining it. But all it takes is, like, one injury for them, and the Clippers can, like, take that. And same thing with the Clippers, too. Like, mm-hmm. if they have one injury, like, they can slump as well. Yeah. Because PG's, like, finally starting to, like, look like he's getting into game form again. But it's been the same thing all season. Get into game form, get injured. Yeah. Like, have to work his way back. And it's, like, like cycle. nagging injuries, too, it seems like, where it's, like, his shoulder is, is I think, what it was most recently. And, yeah. The right? hamstring, like, yeah. Yeah, and the Clippers, when he was out, they I think they lost three in a row at one point. And, of course, all, like, the ESPN shows start talking about, oh, are the Clippers in trouble? And then they beat the Nuggets by 50 points or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are, like, pointing a lot of fingers at PG being out, too. But Pat Bev was out for, like, those games as well. I mm-hmm. mean, him not being out there, like, even though he doesn't have, like, the most flashiest box score, he has, like, a huge net impact on the game. Yeah, yeah. So here, okay, I'm just looking at the standings really quick. I think... And then ideal world, the Western uh, playoffs would be Lakers, Pelicans, 1-8 series. And we'll get to the Pelicans a little more later. Then Clippers versus the Mavericks, 2-7. That's, I mean, the Mavericks, if they're going to be at full health, you would imagine. Like, that's a that's an awesome matchup right there. Uh, and then I think if you get the uh, the Thunder and the Rockets matched up in the first round, that would be awesome with... 
Chris Paul against his former team. And, and you know he'd be like trying to make a point, like, you shouldn't have traded me for this Westbrook guy. I honestly want to say that um, Dallas is going to finish in sixth or fifth place. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult call to make, but Doncic was out for like eight to ten games mm-hmm. or something like that, and they slumped a little bit during that time. But I know he just missed his past game f- with something, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they won today or what, but if those guys are healthy for the rest of the season, I'd like to think they can outperform the Thunder, and they're like half a game behind the Thunder, yeah. one game behind the Jazz. I mean, same thing with what you said. Those would be good matchups, but if I could see Dallas in at the sixth seed against the Rockets or the Nuggets, mm-hmm. like that also could be scary. I mean, oh, Doncic yeah. like can alone like carry a series, and you put like OKC up against um, the Clippers. That's tough. That's tough for them. Yeah. I think the, I that... think I, I think the Clippers will just like basically sweep them. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know if they have enough for that. Yeah, the way more favorable matchup for the uh, Thunder would definitely be the Rockets mm-hmm. than the than, than the Clippers for sure. Man, it's difficult though. Like you're looking at all these teams, like you don't know where they're gonna end up. There's one injury, and like mm-hmm. the, the whole standings can flip around. Right, because it's like one star player is out for five games, and then the whole the standings just completely change. Yeah. But, but like, yeah. Right now you have uh, yeah Denver Dallas first round matchup. Like again, would not be surprised if the Mavericks won that because they would have the best player in that series. I think you Dude, could say Doncic is Doncic better is than stud, man. The Jokic, like, yeah. So, yeah, and the playoffs really is like who has the best player. Um, I think yeah. he's like he's super scary to go up against to be honest with you because he alone can like win the game. I mm-hmm. think he has that type of impact. And I mean, Porzingis is like finally starting to get into a groove. So all it takes is for those guys to, like get on the same page during one series, and it's, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do um, stay in the the Western Conference. So we were talking about the top of the West. Now let's go to the bottom of the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the race for the Rookie of the Year. So, obviously, Zion missed, I think it was, what, like the first 44 games or something like that? Right. Um, yeah, first 44 games. Wow. But do you think, like, if you were a voter, if it was up to you, can like can you see him winning the award after missing over half the season? I don't think you can do it. I mean, only playing 38 games, and we don't even know if that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a little tough. I mean... I don't even know what the minimum qualifying number of games you have to play to qualify for the award is, but John Morant's been consistent. Um, he's making like all of his teammates better. He's he's a tough guy. So, I mean, it'll be difficult to take that award away from him, but at the end of the day, if the Pelicans do make the playoffs um, and like really turn it around, you can definitely tie all of that to Zion. So, damn, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Because, I mean, both those guys are studs. You yeah. Know? That's why it's so perfect because – like you would, you it is. It sounds easy to say like, oh, he can't win it because he missed too much time. But then you see they're battling for the eighth seed also. Yeah. So it's like, not only is it they're battling for an individual award, they're also it's a team like you know team success is factored in there too. So for me, I, I think it just comes down to that. Like whoever gets the eighth seed, gets gets the rookie of the year. If I was voting, because just because Zion's the numbers he's put up are just insane. Like from the second from his first game, right. Uh, yeah, I think he's made it clear that he's the best player on the team as mm-hmm. well. Like, no one's really questioning that. He's like, I, I'm normally like, I didn't used to be the guy that looked into, you know, the advanced statistics mm-hmm. so much, but the guy's PER is like already 25, and he's only playing like 30 minutes yeah, a game. Yeah, 29 in the game, so yeah, not even 30 minutes. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous when you think about it. Like, <laughs> he's just, I don't know, like, minute for minute, like, what he does on the court just has like such a crazy impact on the game. Um, I mean, Brandon Ingram, like, it's tough. Like, he, he just got his first all-star, but he's mm-hmm. nowhere near, like, the player Zion Williamson is. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, Ingram's talented, and Zion can make him better. Mm-hmm. But, like, you, you got to look at him as your focal point of the team. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's like, this this rookie of the year race, it's, you know, you can kind of compare it to Embiid versus uh, Brogdon in 2017. Because right. remember Embiid came back super late and put up crazy numbers but so he only played 31 games that season, and he averaged 20 points, eight rebounds, two and a half blocks, um, which is similar to Zion. I think he's like 23, seven, and uh, not not the same blocks. But the Sixers also finished 28 and 54 that year, and they were 13 and 18 when Embiid wow. played. So that's another reason why I think this year can be different because right now, when since Zion came back, the games he's played, the Pelicans are eight and six. So. You know, like, not only is he putting up 
better numbers than Morant, he also would like his team would be winning too. So at eight and six too, like half of those games you probably only played like twenty to twenty five yeah. minutes, which is crazy. I don't think I'm, you could count the first game also as a loss because they only lost because he was on that minutes restriction. Yeah, he came I mean, out and like yeah. hit those threes and they like, came changed back the game. And then took him out and lost immediately. So. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Like I know he hasn't taken many threes, but he's shooting like forty one percent from three right now too, which is pretty he's, crazy. He's made one three since that game. One three. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> but he just doesn't take them because yeah, he's, he's that smart, you know. But yeah, no, fifty eight percent from the field. Just mm-hmm. just like Westbrook this season, he knows where to you know where to where to dominate oh, down yeah. low. Um, but yeah, twenty three points a game this easily. Like he's that's, not even getting that many shots. That's the scary <laughs> thing is that he doesn't even know like how to. But he doesn't get his own baskets. You know, you know, it's not like they run plays for him. They don't. He just gets like <laughs> he just manufactures it's, points. Like he'll just like get offensive rebounds, broken plays. Yep. They'll just lob it to him. But like, imagine one or two seasons from now. You know, hopefully he remains fully healthy. Mm-hmm. But he has the confidence to actually bring the the, the ball down the floor. Mm-hmm. He's only done it a few times. But if you remember at Duke, oh, that yeah. was his main thing. Like in transition, like oh my goodness. He's like, such imagine, a good passer. Yeah, imagine once he's fully unleashed, mm-hmm. like 30, 35 minutes a game. He's got to he's got to average like thirty points. Right? Thirty points would be like thirty and 10, super realistic. Thirty ten and five easily. Yeah, because that's the thing. The assists. So right now he's only he's at two point three, but for you know not much, not high usage, not that many minutes per game. That's like that's pretty good. Yeah. For, for a big guy also. And I mean, you look at who he's playing with. Ball is like an assist hunter. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna get most of the assists for the team. You got Holiday, like he's yeah. also ball dominant. So I mean Ingram, super, Ingram gets, super ball dominant. Yeah. So the fact that he has twenty like that's crazy. Yeah. He's averaging twenty three with like three ball dominant people. Yeah. Granted Lonzo passes a lot, but still that's, yeah. that's crazy. And like no knockdown shooters besides JJ Reddick, who doesn't really play that much anymore. But it's not like he's surrounded by shooters, you know? Yeah. I mean if he was it's game over. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like and he missed half the season. Like, he wasn't playing it He at just all. came you in know? and yeah. just started, like, so it's, not like, it's not like he had a, a Blake Griffin or a Joel Embiid season where he gets to just work out for a whole year. Yeah. Like, he actually couldn't work out for half the year, and now he's just, oh, yeah, let me casually put up 23 and 8. <laughs> yeah, if he wanted to, again, he could have, like, 30 a game, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So, wow. okay, so right now the Pelicans are two and a half games behind the Grizzlies for the eight seed. And I think you said they're playing the Lakers right now. Yeah, they're down by five okay. third quarter. Okay. Honestly, I'm so torn because as a Lakers fan, I want the Lakers to just, you know, breeze through the first round of the playoffs so we can be ready for the Clippers or whoever we face after that. But as a basketball fan, I really want to see Lakers Pelicans because that like one eight series is always super boring. But that would be that would be entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, in recent years, I've been feeling like the playoffs have started to trend a little bit more towards, like, NCAA, mm-hmm. like, tournament-style play where things get kind of frantic at the end. Like, I remember last uh, year when the Magic beat the Raptors in the first game, yeah. and, like, everyone was just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, like, DJ Augustine had, like, a game, a game winner or something. Winner, yep. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, who knows what could happen this year? And with the West as tight as it is, like, mm-hmm. there's bound to be at least one or two upsets. Yeah. And I don't think the Pelicans would have a chance to upset the Lakers, but I was just thinking about it. So the Lakers obviously have the top two guys in that series, right? But then after that, the Pelicans have Drew Holiday, Zion, B.I., right there. Like the, That's the next three guys. And then depending on how good you think Kuzma is, like you could put, you might put like Lonzo or Derek Favors or, you know, someone even over him. So they might have like the next four guys after that. But like the Pelicans have way too much talent. They're not an eight seed talent wise, you know. Nah, I mean, give them a full season with Zion. Mm-hmm. I think they're easily, I don't know, five or six games with yeah. five hundred. Yeah, that they could be right there with the Jazz next season. Like, yeah, honestly, they could even be like the four seed. Who knows? Um, but so I'm just the the rookie of the year is coming down to that eight seed for me. If I was voting on it. I mean, I if the Pelican, I know Alvin Gentry wants this too. He also wants to bring him on slowly, but I know mm-hmm. he wants them to run more plays through him. But if he's fully unleashed, I think he'll win it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's got to be like fully unleashed. Right now, he's on a very tight leash, and not a lot of people are realizing it. Yeah, because it is like, what is the rookie of the year? Like, what rookie had the the biggest impact? It like if he gets, I don't don't want to say single handedly gets his team to the playoffs, but they were nowhere near the eight seed. When he was out, and then when he comes back, they're immediately 
you know, they're right back into the conversation. So, yeah, it's, you know, I would feel bad for John Moran if that, if that's how it, it went. But, I mean, those guys are like, they're going to be linked together, obviously, because they're the same, you know, same draft class, number one, number two pick. Like, that's going to be a great rivalry for years to come. So, like, I don't think it'd be, like, that would just motivate John Morant, you know, for to come back next year. And those are two teams, like, on the, on the rise, too, for sure. I'm trying to see, uh, like, if his minutes have gotten, like, ramped up recently. Because I'm sure, yeah, so he's, the last three games, he's played 30 minutes at least. Okay. So they're getting ready for that playoff run where they're going to need him to play, like, 38, maybe 40, you know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. John Morant's. He's only playing 30 minutes a game as well. They're, like, pretty much bringing him on slowly. Um, he started shooting out from the three mm-hmm. pretty efficiently at the early season, but he, he's he's kind of falling off a bit. It's still 35%, though. That's solid, yeah. On, like, three, two and a half shots a game. 49% from the field overall. 17, like, 0.7 points, seven assists a game. Pretty solid for a rookie. Three yeah. turnovers, that'll go down. And just, like, the leader of the team, too. That's the other part of it. Yeah. And, I mean, again, again it's, like, what Zion's doing now is what Jaw was doing at the beginning of the year where it's like, oh, the Grizzlies are going to make the playoffs. Like, that's a surprise. And he's he's the best player on that team, I would say. Uh, Jaron Jackson's out now too. So that's why, like, if he gets – if the Grizzlies hang on to the eighth seed, like, they're going to have to earn it too, you know? So Yeah, that, that, you got to factor in Jaron Jackson for mm-hmm. sure. That's their clear number two guy. Um, so without him there, I mean, they're playing, like, Josh Jackson heavy minutes. Yeah. Like, Bunch Melton of guys. is starting. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if Brandon Clark's healthy right now either. No, yeah, I think he got hurt against the Clippers actually. Uh, they traded Jay Crowder, who was actually playing like he was, you know, he was giving them productive minutes too. So the race for the eighth seed is actually going to be interesting. I just am praying that the Kings, Spurs, or Blazers don't make it because all of those teams are only half a game to a game back from the Pelicans. So like, if if we're saying the Pelicans are in the mix, then we have to say those teams are, which. I mean, um, no, thank you. If those guys make it, they're all going to get smacked for yeah. sure. I mean, Portland's just been like really hard to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. without Dame, like they suck so much, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like without Dame, they're they're right there at the top of the lottery. Yeah, like the only reason I would be okay if they made it is so Dame makes the playoffs, but that would not be a fun series to watch. Yeah, I mean, Melo, like I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah, <laughs> he can make the playoffs too. That would be cool, but it would be a sad way to go out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know if he's going to be on a roster next season, but he started off kind of solid, but at this point, like, you, you kind of just feel like he's hit his wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we we'll, we got to talk about the East for a little bit, just so yeah. people don't think we're West Coast biased. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Eastern Conference. Uh, so the, the simple question is, do you consider Jason Tatum a superstar now? <sighs> Do I consider Jason Tatum a superstar? Um, you know, I'm gonna hold off on that. I'm gonna okay. give him I'm gonna give him the playoffs to prove to me that he's a true superstar in this league. He's definitely shown so many flashes to this point. I mean, he has so many counters, he has so many different moves he can pull out of his bag, like the mm-hmm. sidestep, step back, and it's looking consistent now. And now the defenses are really having to go after him. So the question is, can he sustain this level of scoring and you know, level of play, like making the team better when it matters, even after teams are game planning to stop him. Because mm-hmm. now that he's showing this, these huge flashes of uh, talent, they're going to be throwing, you know, second lines of defense after him. And in the playoffs, they're really going to be targeting him. So if he can show through all of that that he's this guy, you know, then I'm going to go ahead and call him a superstar. Yeah, I think he could break out average like 26, 27 next season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, what is, I'm going to see what he's averaging for the season right now. Probably... A little over 20. 23, but, um, I think. 23. Yeah, 23. Okay. It's, it's gone up a lot. Like, he was averaging, like, close to 20 around All-Star break, yeah. I think, or 21. Well, so so since the All-Star break, uh, he's averaging 34 points, 9 34. rebounds. Yeah. Wow. And then shooting 51% from the field, 50% from three. And that's factoring in the game against the uh, Rockets, I think that was yesterday, right, where he he was 9 for 27 from the field. So even after that, he's still 51%. Wow. And that's over five games. And the other thing is the teams who those games were against, right? Because the Lakers put up 41 against them. Uh, that's like one of the best defenses in the league. Utah, 33. And then against Houston, 32. And then if you go to the game before the All-Star break, the last game before the break, when uh, they played the Clippers, 
that's against Kawhi. He put up like 39 or something like that. So Yeah, I mean, it's tough. He's he's obviously put on some muscle. Like mm-hmm. the guy's stronger. We can all see that. He's a legit like six foot eight, six foot nine. So he can shoot over the top of people, especially with his high release point. Mm-hmm. So I mean he's uh, he's kinda like a tweener. He's athletic enough to be considered a three, but he has the size of a four. So I mean, like, how do you really combat that? I mean, that's essentially what you're dealing with when you look at a KD. Like yep. he he's not quite as smooth as KD yet, but like it's getting like yeah, pretty he's like, getting freaking there. close. Like it's like and now you're like, oh man, that's like Tatum's move right there. Mm-hmm. The sidestep, that step back, like he's making it look so easy. Yeah, his the other thing that stood out to me about him this season is his handles are like yeah. on a new level now. Yeah, if you notice, like um one thing that I always see that superstars do is they'll like dribble past the three point line, have mm-hmm. a defender on their hip, kinda like slow down, let yeah. them ride him on the back do like one quick in and out move like finish at the rim like his handles are so tight in traffic mm-hmm. now where he can slow down the game and make moves like that yep and and that laker game specifically it was like we put kcp on him and he mm-hmm. was just too small yep. so he was just shooting over him and then ad on him and it was just he wasn't even contesting his shot because he was just he just had him off balance like yeah, no. every play with with those handles basically so it's like i mean Kawhi is probably obviously like the best guy to put on him but we saw he gave Kawhi whatever 30 40 points so yeah i mean it's tough um he we've all seen it that like this guy has all of these tools there's a question like when he's going to put it together and mm-hmm. i think everyone's kind of surprised that he just went ahead and did it like out of nowhere i think it was a confidence thing for him as soon as he's like had his swag with him you know it's just like new player out there almost yeah i think it was i think like it's not a coincidence that since the break the all-star break his numbers have gone up because he was you know out on the floor with all these all-stars and he's yeah. like oh like I belong with these guys. Like, they're not that different than me. Yep. Uh, so, and then this has all been with Kemba Walker out too. So, if he can, you know, I think he's taken over. Like, obviously the alpha dog, like lead scorer role on the team. So, if Kemba can like fit back into the the mix and be, you know, like the second or third option, even, that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics were in the finals. Yeah, I mean that's why the whole Kyrie Irving. Uh situation like worked out for the best for them because Kyrie isn't the type of guy who wants to play with an alpha dog Mm -hmm. like Jason Tatum but Kimba Walker is that guy I think be very supportive Kimba's still going to get his but Kimba is a winning player they had the Olympics together him Marcus Smart Jalen Brown Tatum Um, so I mean with all those guys gelling at that rate the Celtics should be pretty interesting to watch in the playoffs and I guess that kind of like leads me into the the question of the East playoffs, like, what are you thinking for that matchup-wise? Like, who do you think is going to surprise? You think the Bucks are pretty much just a lock to to win it all for the East on the East side and make it to the finals? Or I think honestly, I think it's between the Bucks and the the Celtics at this point. Yeah, uh, the Bucks obviously. Like, I guess I don't know. Everyone's just hesitant to say they're the favorite just because they kind of they kind of flamed out in the playoffs last year. Like, it wasn't super competitive against the Raptors, but. They're just killing everybody. Like, their point differential is 13 points per game on average. That's insane. Yeah, and I mean, Middleton's been out for the past handful of games, and, like, mm-hmm. he really can't even tell that he's not playing. I they mean, still beat the Thunder by literally 50, right? <laughs> yeah, they destroyed him. I mean, he just had, like, 40 points, 20 rebounds, and five assists in, like, 35 minutes. But he's he's not skilled, apparently. Yeah, That's he's not. He's, he's just a seven-footer that can, uh, you know, just dunk. That's <laughs> but, all he's doing. <laughs> but in the East, I, I think it's kind of similar to the West, where there are teams like the Heat and the Sixers who have been dropping recently, where they're still, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the, the Sixers beat, you know, like the Raptors or the Celtics in the first round. Man, you look at the if you look at the Heat and the Sixers, mm-hmm. get this, man. I mean, their away records for, for Miami, it's 13 and 18. They're twenty-five and four at home, and then for Philly, they're twenty-eight and two at home, and nine and twenty-two on so, the road. So the Bucks have more away wins than the Heat and Sixers combined. Yep, that's that's crazy, man. That's that's freaking wild to see. I mean, I don't really know what to to say about that. I mean, to be that dominant at home if you're the Sixers, and then just struggle that much on the road, like something something's not right there. Yeah, and it looks like at this point they're not. They're not gonna have first round. Um, what's it called home home court, and if they yeah. do, it, it would only be in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they they're they're at risk of getting beat in the first round. Mm-hmm. If so, like you got to think Brett Brown's getting fired. Oh, yeah, he's you got to think there's gonna be a shakeup or something. I mean, Al Horford it looks like he's washed. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's done, man. Like <laughs> this is a rough year for like those those guys who are like on the cusps, like 
Horford, Millsap, Conley. Like, it's not Melo's like the best one out of those guys right now. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie. It's like I was watching the game earlier against the mm-hmm. Clippers, and like he just throwing up some hook shots. I'm like, he doesn't even look like he's trying to score right now. Yeah. I mean, sure he's getting you some assists, and he's one of those guys that has overrated defense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like people always assume like Horford on your team, like your team is this much better. But at this point, like without having you know these scoring options, he kind of just is like a the body like, yeah he's yeah. just like a dud out there yeah. like he's got to be coming off the bench i think as well in the future i think it's he's he's at that point where his the best role for him is like marcus all for the raptors last year yeah like you can't you don't rely on him but the sixers this whole season it was like we got horford like we're good now like he's gonna put us over the top dude i don't even want to see how much he's making a year oh, i don't even want to see it's it. bad yeah <laughs> I think it's, it's over 30 oh, million a year, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, his defense is, like, he's just living on his reputation now, it seems like. And he's not, like, it's not like he doesn't try. Like, he's still a really smart, you know, high basketball IQ guy. But you can't rely on him to, like, you know, be, like, a, a superstar, you know, even a star player anymore. Yeah, it just looks like he's lost his confidence or mm-hmm. something. So, I mean, Sixers, yeah, with the injuries they've been sustaining, like, it's, it's just tough to see any any light at the end of the tunnel for them. I'm just going to go down from there. Indy, Oladipo needs some time to, to get back to his previous form, I think. I mean, they're a half game behind the, the Sixers, though. And yeah. Ben Simmons is out for the foreseeable future. Embiid's missing games. I think Josh Richardson just, like, got hurt in today's he, game. Yeah, he did. I don't know what it was. I don't know how serious it was. But yeah. he didn't he didn't come back to the game. So, I mean, that's, a, that's an opportunity right there for the Pacers. Um, I don't know what they would do in the postseason, though, to be honest. I think they'll just get beat. Um well, I don't know. It depends. They get to the four or five, they can make it interesting. They're, yeah, they're an interesting team because, so they okay. So they've won five of their last six games, um, but I, yeah, I don't know because so let's say you match them up against say they get, they get the six seed, play the Celtics in the first round. Obviously, the Celtics have you know Kemba, Tatum, Jalen Brown. the The Pacers' big three is Brogdon, Oladipo, Sabonis. Like, it's solid. That's not yeah. That's really not. Yeah, it depends yeah, on how. Step down. Yeah, it depends on how Oladipo's mm-hmm. looking at the end of the day for them. I mean, yeah. they're guaranteed the sixth seed pretty much at this point because the Magic are what like nine games behind them. So um, they've got that. Yeah, there's like a huge drop off there. So I mean, the Sixers can only fall to the sixth seed, mm-hmm. which I think they might honestly, given like what you just said about the Pacers being on their hot streak and then all their injuries. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean the East is. It's interesting because I mean again you just have that giant at the top. Mm-hmm. The Raptors, I'm not I'm not bullish on them. I'm kind of bearish on them to be honest. Yeah, I really don't. They're one of the most confusing teams because like you think they kind of are like the Nuggets, where but they don't even have a Jokic. Like I guess I don't. Know, yeah, Siakam is good, dude. But like in a seven game series, I think you can like control that. If he's your <laughs> best player in the seven game series, I don't know. Marcus Hull is washed. Ibaka is like starting to be washed. Kyle Lowry is still very effective, but Van Fleet. He, he can disappear. Van Fleet is yeah. like nice. But, but that, it's like there's all these reasons why like I don't want to believe in them. But then at the end of the day, it's like they that like those guys, those role players in the playoffs last year were like really really good. And yeah. this whole season they've been. And then Nick Nurse like he's. He's definitely in the conversation for best coach in the league now. I think yeah. that's safe to say. I mean, I think they'll definitely smack either the the Magic um, or Brooklyn, whoever ends up being the seventh seed. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Or I mean, if they're if it's three six, uh, I don't know actually. That's <laughs> that's a little different. Yeah, that Pacers Raptors story. would be interesting now also. Or yeah, or Sixers oh, yeah. Raptors. That can Ooh. also because I, I I do think that Boston is going to overtake them for mm-hmm. the second seed. They're half a game behind. They probably have a matchup left in this season, um, so that'll be a big game. But yeah, no, they're vulnerable. For I don't know, a lot of these teams get upset, man. Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of a, a bit of a a pack of like very similar teams between like two and six, like yeah. all talented, but you can't like pick a clear mm-hmm. favorite necessarily. It is yeah, two through six are all like not interchangeable, but like there's not a huge gap between any of them. Yeah, and then, and then it's just it is like you know one through six in the east is comparable to one through six in the west. It's just seven and eight in the in the east is just sad. Like, Huge drop off. Like, those are those are the uh, series that will be on NBA TV. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Man, Milwaukee's just gonna have their way oh. with them, dude. They're gonna honestly like that's gonna be such a breeze. That'll be four games. 
uh, Giannis only going to play like 25, 30 minutes. A they game. might that might be the first time we see load management in the playoffs. Just don't don't play Giannis. To be honest, though, that could be like to their detriment as well. Because I mean, if they get a very easy first round, mm-hmm. the next next uh, the next series they'll play most likely that team will have been challenged. Yeah. To to some extent, and then you know they might catch them off guard. You know, you never know. Yeah, that's and that's what you have to worry about with the Bucks too. Is like they have to be on, like on their A game the whole playoffs because what happened last year is like if that happens again, then you know people are already kind of like just not super bought in yeah. because of that. Like if it happens again, then Giannis might leave too. That's the other thing. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing they want. <laughs> yeah. And right now everything's perfect. Like, how do you you know make him want to stay? Go fifty two and eight you know, up to, up to this point in the season. But, yeah, the playoffs really are just a whole another uh, animal. But the Heat are another team where, like, we've seen how good they can be, but mm-hmm. then they also, like, right now I think they're on a pretty a pretty rough, like, past 10 games. Uh, they're 4-6 and six in their last 10. Yeah, they've been getting beat by some pretty questionable mm-hmm. teams. I think they get beat by the Cavs or something yep. like that. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler's been, uh, he missed a couple games. Uh, he hasn't even. I feel like he hasn't been playing that well recently as well. Yeah, this is. Or right, this is bad actually. So their past roughly ten, ten or so games, they've lost to the Blazers, the Hawks, the Cavs, and the Timberwolves. Sheesh. And the Kings. Sheesh. That's wow. Rough. That's. I mean, that's all games they should have won. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if the, if you count those all as like wins. On their record, yeah. I mean, they'd probably be like a second. I mean, their record would be right there with the the Raptors and the. And the Celtics. See, and that's that's why they're four games back from those teams, and it's because of games like that. Like, before those losses, they were right there, uh, where you could see them getting the, the two-seed even, possibly. But now, yeah, it looks like they're they're locked into four or five, most likely. Yep. Um, so then it's just about home court, and as you mentioned earlier, like, we know how important that is for them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing those losses, too, were on the road to, like, most of those teams you just mentioned. Um, just because, again, they're, I don't know how you can be that poor – on the road, and then that dominant at home. All of those losses were uh, on the road except the Cavs, which is... Oh, no, no, except the Timberwolves. Still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That, that was the one where D'Angelo Russell blocked Jimmy Butler, like his game. Oh, uh, game right, time right. Shot. So, like, if, if D'Angelo Russell's blocking shots, like, you just you were going to lose that game. Like, just to take that as no. Yeah. Um, but, but, again, they're, that's a team, especially with Jimmy Butler and, like, a veteran coach like Spolstra and just the Heat culture, like they're gonna be, they're not gonna be an easy out, obviously in the playoffs. Um, and Jimmy Butler is like, you can, he's still in the top, maybe even three in the in the East. You know, it's probably Giannis, you know, Embiid, Tatum, and then Jimmy Butler might be right there for. Uh, you could probably make an argument that he's better than Tatum on some nights. Uh, yeah, I mean Jimmy Butler, having you know seen him play with the Bulls for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the type of guy that's like very willing to take a back seat on offense if it means his team succeeding, but he has the ability to kind of just take control of the game as well, mm-hmm. like in situations where it's needed. I think he just needs to kind of like start understanding what that means for him on this team. Um, I feel like he's been a little hesitant to this point to kind of assert his dominance. I mean, it's not like what he's doing is wrong either. It's obviously showing up in the win-loss column, but there are times where I think he needs to be a bit more aggressive yeah. um, as a team leader. So. On this team especially, because there's no one else on that team who will, like, get their own shot, you know? Yeah. There's a bunch of guys who do a lot of other things well. Like, they got, there's a lot of shooters and, like, playmakers, but he's really the only guy who's, like, go get a bucket right now. Yeah, I mean, they put, like, the best supporting cast around him, you could you could imagine, though. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just him. I think he needs to kind of put this on his shoulders at some point. Hopefully that'll be something he does in the playoffs too, which, you know, wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So. Yeah. I remember, I mean, last year with the Sixers, he like took it to another level in the playoffs. He was their best player mm-hmm. on that team. By, oh yeah. You know, by a significant stretch uh, in the playoffs. And that, again, that, that they got the closest to beating the Raptors out of any, out of anyone, uh, including the Warriors in the finals. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not sleeping on the heat or the Sixers. The Sixers just because, their top two guys are so good that like anything you know anything is possible with them. I feel like. Yeah, I mean injuries, injuries, injuries. Like we could keep saying that for like pretty much every team. Mm-hmm. It seems like, but for them, like it's they're only gonna go as far as you know their two guys are gonna let them 
let them go. And I mean, if both of them are injured, like there's no way they're going to be able to compete. Yeah. Um, and again, like I just don't know if those two guys are going to be able to lead that team anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think the playoffs start in like six weeks. So wow. It, yeah. It's it's, it's going to be here sooner than we think. Um, okay. Let's end on this. Uh, I think you can guess the answer to this question, but in the last 10 games, what team do you think has the worst record in the NBA? last 10 games probably the Chicago yeah. Bulls I think we lost one like, in nine I think we lost like eight or nine in a row until we like beat the uh we beat the we beat the Wizards like the most random team to to beat I guess we just beat them we were like yeah we're gonna flex and we just got smacked the night after then the night after again so I you know I'm not tripping like half our team's injured right mm-hmm. now like we're playing like some true scrubs out there Archie Diacono is playing with like Felicio. Felicio, if you guys haven't seen him, is probably like the most lowest IQ NBA player in the game. Just watch him. He has no idea what he's doing out there. Um, I'm not tripping though. You know, we're on a good pace to to get the pick that we need to. I think as long as we just keep losing, uh, you know, especially losing to like the Cavs, Hawks, mm-hmm. Knicks, whoever else we can lose to, that's right, uh, right in right in line with us, and it'll be great. But yeah, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so right now, you guys have the seventh. Worst record. Oh, oh God. The number, seven, <laughs> the number seven pick is in play. But, yeah, just lose to the Hawks a couple more times and the Pistons and then move below them. Yeah, uh, I mean, silver lining, Kobe White has shown some flashes of potential. But, I mean, hey, like, who who wouldn't be able to get 30 when you have, like, only, like, six guys available on the team and no one can get their shot except for Zach? So, I mean, he better get 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do you think uh, – wait, so what happened with Levine and – the coach the other night i mean he's he said that he was talking to dennis schroeder saying like i have 40 like he i think schroeder's talking mess and he said mm-hmm. i have 40 like what else am i supposed to do about it but i mean i think he was talking to boylan yeah they've been going back and forth i think boylan just like try likes he likes to try and get on him to motivate mm-hmm. him but like he's not doing it in an effective way i don't think yeah. there's only so much he can do you're yeah. asking him to pretty much be like Giannis, be like LeBron, like carry this team of regular guys to I would, the next level. And yeah, and I do. I want to see Zach Levine like on, like with the, you know like a pretty good supporting cast because it's hard to tell if he's just like empty stats. But I don't, I don't know because I feel like he could also be like a, you know, like a productive player on a good team. Also, I just can't. Yeah, I, I mean, see it. I think he'd average like six assists at least if the guys around him could like make mm-hmm. the shots that he's like yeah. you know passing him for. But I don't know. If, my opinion, you put like a Devin Booker or Bradley Beal in his place, and we're like, maybe we we could be a couple of games ahead, sure, but we'll still suck. Yeah, it wouldn't be that different. Yeah, like the Suns don't have a, a great record. I think they only have four more wins than the Bulls, and they've had a healthy Ubre, yeah. DeAndre Ayton. I'd say they have a much a like a much better supporting cat. Not much better, but like better they've players. Been, they've been available. That's yeah, the biggest yeah. thing. Like they've been available to this point. I mean, Bradley Beal, like. Eh. He doesn't really have that much of a supporting cast either. But, That's true. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. We suck. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it, to be honest with you. Um, we'll see. People are supposed to start coming back. I think Lowry's coming back soon. Okay. Wendell just came back. But to give you an idea, we were playing without Otto Porter Jr., uh, Lowry Markinen, Wendell, Daniel Gafford for a while. Denzel Valentine was even injured. Our guy Chandler Hudson was injured. Chris Dunn was injured. Um might be missing uh, Luke Cornette, the seven footer mm-hmm. we had, got injured. So I mean, we were only left with like Felicio. Yeah, that's and, why. And Thad Young, and Thad Young sucks now, bro. He lost like one or two steps, like leaving. The he's oh, yeah, we forgot to mention him in that like Horford Conley group where bro, he's he falling. might be done too. He's falling <laughs> off, man. It's pretty obvious too. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Now we ended it on a sad note. <laughs> but okay, let's just uh, right here make your prediction for the finals if you had to pick right now. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Clippers Bucks. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm gonna go. Too. I'm gonna go Clippers and six probably. Okay. To be honest with you. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I think Clippers Bucks. Like, it's gonna be like I think the West Finals will be. And I mean the East Finals too. Yeah. So I'd say Lakers Clippers in the West Finals the, seven games for sure. The question is, does LeBron still have God mode available? And that's like the real question for me. Like, if you can pull that LeBronto stuff mm-hmm. back out, then like, hey. I'm well, go with the Lakers, but the Lakers and Clippers play again next week, so that'll be. This the rescheduled we'll, game. Yeah. No, no, this is this is just a. 
Okay. Just like another one. Who's uh, the home team? Clippers. Okay. So I'm going to be in the building. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't I don't know, man. Like, Clippers look pretty freaking scary. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, the Lakers I, are good, but... I just have to be realistic. That's why I want to see... But those two matchups haven't been, like, blowouts or anything. Even the, the opening night game ended up being a 10-point win for the Clippers, but it was close the whole time. And that was LeBron and AD's first time playing together. Yeah, they, they went right out there together. Yeah. yeah you could, you, everyone could see that. That's the other thing is even the Christmas Day game, neither of those guys, if I remember right, had like good shooting games, which that could just be the Clippers, like that being that good of a, a team on defense. But, you know, I mean, I think AD's the key in that matchup. Like he has to punish the Clippers for playing Harrell as the center or Zubak, basically. Like, because the Clippers have no one to put on him. So. Yeah, bro. I don't know, man. Like, I just can't see. I just don't think the Lakers have enough weapons mm-hmm. to compete with them, yeah. to be honest. Because like, LeBron can get 30. Mm-hmm. AD can get 40. Kuzma can get 20. That's 90 points. Who else is going to give you points? I mean. Danny Green can get like 10. You said, you said does like 10. LeBron have God mode? I think Caruso has God mode. That like <laughs> they're making him like save it in the regular season. That's why they're not playing him that much because playoffs, he might drop forty. I don't know, man. Like you look at it. Go ahead, just look at the Clippers, man. Kawhi, conservative thirty. PG, mm-hmm. conservative thirty. Lou Williams, give him twenty five. Montrezl Harrell, twenty. Yeah. Reggie Jackson, ten, fifteen. So, Marcus Morris Senior, ten, fifteen. So, so there was a moment today in the in the Clippers uh, Sixers game where this was the lineup for the Clippers on the floor. It was uh, Jermichael Green, Harrell, Lou Williams, Shamit, and Reggie Jackson. And I was I realized like That's this team bench, could get dude. the seven seed in the East like if this was a starting five. Yep, that's how and good like, they this are, man. Is their bench. That's where the biggest separation is going to happen. As soon yeah. as you go to the bench, like they're literally gonna there's no way they lose a lead yeah yeah because yeah exactly and i mean all those guys like shamit was a starter lou williams obviously we know what he's doing and, or, and yeah. has done harrell I mean, should be a starter reggie jackson was a starter this season and jermichael green's like and you guys put out a lineup of like rondo um bradley or kcp one of the two right mm-hmm. kuzmo will be out there dwight, dwight. will be out there oh uh, marquise yeah, Mar- yeah marquise yeah. morris um so honestly, like I think for the Lakers, the bench just has to hold up defensively against the Clippers. Which, I mean, like we do have solid perimeter defenders on that bench unit, so maybe slow down Lou Williams a little bit. Yeah, it's scary seeing those. Like LeBron just has to play like damn near perfect. So did yeah. AD. Well, okay, uh, we'll wrap it up on that note and try and touch base again, maybe like in a week or so. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ball Till You Fall podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed the episode, please like, rate, subscribe, follow, download, all the above. Uh, Honestly, we're going to keep releasing episodes even if you guys don't do any of the above, but it'll just make us feel better about ourselves if we see that people are listening and, you know, downloading and basically just enjoying the episodes. So be a nice person today. Uh, Please spread the word. Uh, The world needs more nice people out there. So just search Ball Till You Fall podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or basically just anywhere that you listen to podcasts out there. Again, we really appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next episode.